Hey, what's going on guys? It's DK back at you with another video here debating on the two-game NBA DFS slate on Monday. If you're a first-time viewer, I cover content for DraftKings and for prize picks. If you guys are on prize picks, uh, you can check out my video. I just uploaded talking about two player props that I do like. If you're not on prize picks, you can use the code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. Uh, so basically, if you deposit $100 using my code, that's a free $100 to play with on the site. Um, their player pop site where they offer basically every single sport you can think of. You can mix and match too. So what you do is you build slips with player pops. You can build a slip of two, three, four, five, up to six players. If you build a slip with six players, you can win up to 25x your money. I claim in, I came incredibly close to winning 25x my money tonight. Uh, but Andrew Wiggins decided to miss a bunch of wide open layups and free throws uh, to hook me. But um, yeah, again, if you guys are not on there, first time viewer or first time user, use that code. Would really, really appreciate it. And as far as the recap goes tonight, I did not play Steph Curry. That's all you need to know. Right? That's, that's about it, right? Now here's the frustrating part because I hit on a lot of stuff this slate. I mentioned how I really liked Gabe Vincent and Lowry as pivots off the chalk Knicks value. That worked out in a huge way. Both Vincent and Lowry absolutely smashed. I mentioned how I really like Terrence Davis over Chalk Quentin Grimes. That worked out. I mentioned how I like Trey Lyles a value. That worked out. So like I hit on a lot of the value plays and a lot of the pivots off the Chalk. However, I played Fox over Steph, and I was rightfully punished for it. Um, no, but I honestly don't think like Fox is that much of a worse of a play than Steph. It was just Steph was crazy. Absolutely insane game from him. So if you didn't have Steph, you didn't, it didn't matter. It didn't matter if you hit on a lot of the other stuff. If you didn't have Steph, you didn't cash. And that's basically what happened. So, ugh. again, a little bit tilting because we hit on a lot of the pivots, a lot of the low on plays, but just the spend up, we have to swing and a miss, if you will. So that's a recap of everything. I hope you guys had a better night than me for DFS. And uh, yeah, let's talk about this two-game slate. So Philly Boston's the first game here on the two-game slate. I will say there's a little bit of blow risk. We had a 10-point spread. Embiid is doubtful. Would be pretty surprised if he plays, but he's not confirmed out yet. So we'll quickly talk about if Joel Embiid is somehow able to give it a go. Um, I actually do like him for tournaments. I don't know how healthy he'll be. He'll pr- he probably won't be close to 100%, but... I feel like if he plays, like, very few people will play him. So that would be the reason I would like him in tournaments. And then, like, Harden, Maxi, Harris would kind of just be secondary plays. And I probably wouldn't get to any of the value if Embiid is in. Now, if Embiid's out, which is looking like he is, it changes things, right? You get a pretty significant bump for James Harden. If you take a look at James Harden, I have it. Ah, where do I have it up? Um, so on the year with Joel Embiid off the court, um, James Harden is averaging 1.4 fantasy points per minute on DraftKings. Pretty insane. 1.4. So if you think that Philadelphia can keep his game competitive, I think Harden looks like a really good spend up, right? He should be relied on for a lot uh, tomorrow. So I do like Harden a good amount. And then I like Maxine Harris as well. They also get a bump uh, looking at their numbers. Uh, Tobias at 1.05 DraftKings points per minute with Embiid off the court. And Tyrese Maxey at 1.08 DraftKings points per minute with Embiid off the court. If this game stays competitive, I do think you get close to 40 minutes from both Max and Harris. So with that being said, like if it can stay competitive, I like it. Now, it is a little bit of a tougher matchup, so maybe a small downgrade there. But um, I'm pretty high on both Maxi and Harris in the mid-range if you think this game can stay competitive. Like last game, Maxi shot 6 of 20. Like That was awful. He's still over 30 fans points while shooting that bad. I don't think you can expect that type of shooting performance again. 
And then again, Tobias Harris, I expect him to play huge minutes. Um, he gets rebounding bump too. I mean, he went for 12 rebounds last game without Joel Embiid. So those two also look good. And then I'm curious to see what they do with the starting lineup. If I had to guess, I think they go Melton in the starting lineup with Tucker at the five and bring Paul Reed off the bench. Now, the reason I say that is Boston's a small ball team. So they start with Horford at the five, who's a small ball five. Like PJ Tucker can definitely handle him. And then if they bring Paul Reed off the bench, I think personally it makes sense because when Rob Williams comes off, comes off the bench, that's when I think Paul Reed will come off the bench. So that's just my take on it. They could start Paul, they could start Paul Reed and, and bring uh, Melton off the bench. But I personally would probably start, if I was Doc Rivers, I would start Melton with Tucker at the five. And then when Rob Williams checks in, that's when you we sub in Paul Reed. Now with Paul Reed... He's a really good point for many guy. He played 32 minutes last game uh, in that uh, closeout game against Brooklyn. If he starts, I'm a little bit more confident with minutes. If he comes off the bench, um, don't like him as much, but I still think we would probably get somewhere in that like 20, 25 minute range from him, even if he comes off the bench. So I like Paul Reed either way, but I'm like him more if he starts. Melton, kind of the same thing. Like I, I like him either way at this price point, but I would like him better if he starts. He played 28 minutes last game while coming off the bench. Um, and he has a really nice eligibility. So I think Melton will probably be one of the more popular value plays on the slate at that price point. Um, and then the rest of Philadelphia, I mean, you got P.J. Tucker at 3-7. He'll probably play 25 to 30 minutes. It's never fun. You, you guys know this. It's never, ever fun playing P.J. Tucker. But yes, he's playable. And then besides those six, the only other two I'm confident we'll see the floor are going to be McDaniels and Yang. Um, McDaniels is 3-2. We probably see, I don't know, 15 or so minutes from him. Niang's 3-1, probably see 10 to 15 minutes from him. So those guys are just more dart throws for me. That, those are the only guys I'm confident will play. Could you see a little bit of Montrez here on this game? Sure. Could you see a little bit of Shake Milton in this game? It's possible. But the only guys I'm confident in are Harden, Maxi Harris, Reed, Melton that will play, Tucker, and then McDaniels and Yang a little bit. So that's Philadelphia. Obviously, keep an eye on the Embiid news. Um, but I, I would say I'd be pretty surprised if he, if he does play. All right, let's move on to Boston. So Boston, I mean, they priced down a lot of these guys. They look good. Again, the only concern I have with Boston is, you know, can this Philly team without Embiid keep it competitive? Uh, but Tatum at 9-9, I have no issue with him as a spend-up. I think he's a little bit underpriced. I think Jalen Brown's a little bit underpriced at 8-2. So both the main Boston guys I like. I mean, they're going to play like 40 minutes in a competitive game. And then I like the top guys. I like the mid-range here a lot, too, with Smart, White, Horford, Brogdon, Rob Williams. These guys all feel a little bit too cheap. Um, Marcus Smart's 5'7". On average, he's going to play low 30s minutes. Derek White, 5'6". On average, he's going to play low 30s minutes. Brogdon, you know, he's got a slight minutes bump of late off the bench. He's been playing, you know, close to that 30-minute mark. Um, He's the best point-per-minute guy of the group of those guards. However, his minutes are the least secure. Al Horford, I think it's just a very safe play that should play 30 to 35 minutes. Um, Not a guy, like last game was a bit of an outlier, three blocks and two steals, but still relatively safe play. Rob Williams for eight, his minutes have fluctuated a bit, right? 19, then 29, then 27, then 17 minutes. So he's a bit riskier, but if you get the game where Rob Williams plays close to that 30 minute mark, he could blow this salary out of the water. So a lot to like here for Boston, in my opinion. And then they switch up their rotation. You did see Grant Williams. So I was surprised we didn't see most of that Atlanta series. He played 17 minutes. He played over Sam Hauser, um, who only played four minutes. So would they go back to Hauser in this, in this game? Sure, it's possible. But if I had to guess who gets the minutes as that eighth guy, I think it will be Grant Williams. So if you want to take a shot on him in GPPs, I don't think it's the worst idea. Like if you give 20 minutes 
to 3.4K Grant Williams, sure, he can go give you 15 to 20 fancy points. So he's a little bit interesting as a dart throw in GPP. But just in general, I think the, you know, this game's not expected to be played at a super fast pace, but I think everyone's just like a little bit underpriced for Boston. All right, Phoenix and Denver. So here's the thing with the Phoenix Suns, right? They're just going to play their main four guys massive minutes. And I have no idea what's going to happen with the bench rotation. Literally, you could tell me any one of these guys plays off the bench and I would not be surprised. I have no idea what they're going to do off the bench, but the top four guys, I know what they're going to do. You're going to see like 45 minutes from KD and Booker if the game stays competitive. Um, KD's 9-5, Booker's 9-2. Both feel a little bit underpriced. Um, I don't really have a super strong lean with the two. I think KD has a little bit of a higher floor, but Booker's had that massive ceiling in the playoffs. So the two main Suns guys look good with a bounce back game, in my opinion. Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, um, safer options. Chris Paul is off the last game. But I'm not putting too much emphasis into that. I think he's a relatively safe player. Should play high 30s minutes. And then DeAndre Ayton, if he says he's out of foul trouble, I mean, he's their best bet to try to defend Nikola Jokic. Only played 30 minutes last game. I think he probably plays, again, that game was a blowout. Probably plays mid-30s minutes in this game. So both Paul and Ayton, I think, are relatively safe. The only issue I have with Ayton is potential foul trouble against Jokic. Then you got Craig and Okoji who kind of split the minutes as, like, the fifth guy. Um, you know, last game they started uh, Koji, but uh, they closed with Craig. Um, a couple games ago, they started Craig, but it closed with a Koji. So I think if, if I was to play one of these Suns wings, I'd probably go to whoever the low round option is between Craig and a Koji. And then again, your guess is I have no idea what else is going to happen. So the top four guys plus Craig and a Koji, I'm confident will play. I'd throw my hands up with what the, what the rest of this bench rotation is going to look like. You saw Biombo play first half minutes. You saw Lando play second half minutes. You saw a little bit of Shamit. You saw a little bit of Damian Lee. You saw Payne play in the blowout. You know, this team looks like they need a little bit of offense. Could Payne play in this game? And the, if the game says competitive, it's possible. So, like, I just have no idea what's going to happen. If you want to take a shot in Payne and hope he plays some backup point, sure. You want to take a shot in Lando or Biombo and hope they're the backup five, sure. You want to take a shot in Shamit and hope he can do something in the minutes that he gets, I guess. But it's disgusting. Same with Damian Lee. So, like, I, I just, I have zero trust, zero in this in the Suns rotation, in the bench rotation, outside of... Whoever doesn't start between Craig and Akoji, like they will play solid minutes. But everyone else, I, I don't know. I'm probably just not going to mess with it. And then on the Denver side, they're running a super tight rotation. No surprise. Jokic, Murray, two-man game. Um, Jokic is 10.8. Murray is 8K. I think Murray will be more popular. He's easier to get to. And I prefer Murray once again. I was all over him last slate. Um, he was only 50% in the showdown. And he absolutely punished the faders. So, yeah, I like Jamal Murray again here. Uh, I like Jokic if you can afford him. He's just a little bit pricier. But Jokic has that massive ceiling. So, 80 and 71 from him in two closeout games, or two last games against Minnesota. So, the top two guys I'm very high on for Denver. Porter Jr. and Gordon are reasonable filler plays. I'm not going to prioritize either. MPJ probably plays somewhere around 35 minutes. Aaron Gordon, similar if he can stay out of foul trouble, played 39 minutes last game. He'll probably be the primary defender on KD. So, both those guys are reasonable mid-range plays. I'm not going to prioritize them, but if they do land as a last piece in, then I'm totally okay with that. I think Bruce Brown will also be one of the more popular value plays inside. I mentioned that I think Melton will be very popular. I think Bruce Brown's going to be up there too. Um, he's been closing games recently over KCP. It'll be interesting to see if that trend continues, but Bruce Brown has played really well. Now, last game, again, three steals. Don't know if we can expect that again, um, but he's just a guy that can stuff the statue. I think he's very safe. He's got nice eligibility, so he's a super safe play. It'll be interesting to see how popular he is, though. Like, if Bruce Brown gets to a point where he's, like, 60% owned or something, then I'm a little bit more inclined to fade, but 
Right now, I think he's one of the safest values in the board. I think KCP would be your direct pivot. Like if you wanted to pivot off Bruce Brown chalk, say in the first game, you didn't get off to the best start. What you should do is you should pivot to lower own options to give yourself a chance to cash. Like maybe, I don't know, you have one guy that busts in the early game. Like, all right, well, now I got to make up ground in tournaments. What am I going to do? Just pivot from chalk Bruce Brown to low own KCP. Just because KCP hasn't closed last couple games doesn't mean he won't close this game. There's been games where KCP's played like 40 minutes. So I definitely prefer Bruce Brown to KCP, but I think KCP is an interesting pivot in tournaments. Um, so yeah, that's just my take there. Jeff Green, it's not exciting, but he'll play 15 to 20 minutes. He's awful point per minute. And you'll probably see a little bit of Christian Brown as well, um, who actually was solid in his minutes in 14 minutes. I have no confidence that anyone else plays. Um, no one else did last game until garbage time, so I'm not confident. If you want to take a shot in Jordan or Reggie Jackson or someone, like, I, I just I have no confidence that those guys will play. So um, that's going to wrap it up for Denver, and that's going to do it for the video as well. So I really appreciate you guys for watching. As always, enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, we'll see you all in the next video.